Welcome, lifters, feasters, and gamers to the LFG cast episode 11, I think. I think we're finally into double digits uh, after last week's hiatus. I am your host, Phantom King X, uh, joined as always by my co host, uh, Hell's Purge. Say hi to the folks. Hello. And today we are going to be talking about video game releases and let me find purge do you remember the uh the exact question we had asked oh wait, oh i found it um how do you go about deciding on the purchase of a game what factors play into it and how much do reviews influence you uh but before we get into that we're just going to do a weekly recap and uh catch up so what have you been up to this week purge what games have you been playing um, I've been playing a lot of Ark Survival Evolved recently because there's a DLC dropping in five days, so I'm trying to catch up and make sure I'm prepped. Ooh, okay. Um, have you done anything, like, have you had any good workouts this week, or have you had any, uh, eaten any good food this week? Um, also, I think Salt likes Ark. I've never played Ark. Isn't that dinosaurs? Food, not so much. Yes. Okay. Mainly because I haven't been eating much, which is probably something I should fix. I've been drinking a lot of more water, though. That's but, good. Uh, water's, water's important. Workout-wise, just a lot of, like, walking and stuff, considering my car is busted at the moment. I've just been kind of walking to wherever I need to go. Okay, okay. Considering the town I live is kind of small, so everything's that's, within walking distance. That's always good. Um, so yeah, I have a bit of a cold, so I did some yoga yesterday. That's been like the extents of my quote working out. Uh, I think it's nice to walk. Yeah. Unique. It's, it's super nice to walk people. People sleep on walking as like a good form of exercise, but walking is, is real good for you. Especially if you can get outside and get, and get some sunlight in and stuff. Um, but yeah, I did some yoga yesterday. Felt really good. Today my cold is acting up a little more, so not feeling too too good. Um, other than that, this week in particular, I didn't. I haven't had anything really good to eat. Uh, last weekend, I had some really great stuff for Valentine's weekend. I went a little overboard, um, but it was good. And now I'm back to kind of like my my basics of eating. Uh, back to egg whites and bacon in the morning, chicken and rice for lunch, which, um, <coughs> excuse me, which I'm going to be switching rice out for sweet potatoes probably next week or the week after. Veggies, stuff like that, really kind of just getting back to eating basic, whole, nutritious foods, uh, some bananas, cottage cheese, stuff like that, because I was getting like way too extravagant lately. Um, so you've been playing Ark. I got back into Fallout 76 because my friend is a cosplayer and I just, I wanted to get back into Fallout 76 real bad. Um, I wanted to play Fallout and I've been going on a Fallout binge and watching Fallout videos. Let's go 76. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm making a video about it. Hopefully it'll be out next week about coming back to it a year later and how it you could you could start it up again with a new set of eyes especially if you'd be taking so many breaks like me but that's not what we're talking about tonight so tonight we're talking about what influences you when buying a game and we got a lot 
of responses to this one. So we're going to make sure to get to those a little bit later. So Purge, uh, you posed the question. Yeah. So how do you go about picking games on gen on the general? Generally, I go based off of like a if I see it at E3 or like the gaming events that happen throughout the year, I'll kind of like make a note of it and like whatever they have like trailer wise for it at the time. Be like, oh, uh -huh. I'll go check that out and like I'll kind of try to keep up on the news for it if I can. Then once it hits hits either closer to launch or launch, I'll go like look at game trailers and like some reviews from like people i tend to trust some okay. being like ign like stuff like that um then depending on that i'll kind of wait a little bit to see like once people have played it to kind of see how things like pan out mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. most of the times i'll end up getting it and enjoying it um the one game that i did have an issue with which is it's basically being rebuilt from the ground up um oh anthem yeah i heard about that anthem's getting there uh... was like a lot of hype and stuff behind it and it was one of the games funny enough that i uh, pre-ordered and uh, really i mean it, yeah it was fun until you completed the what they had for the campaign because mm -hmm. then you fell into which i'm pretty sure i talked about on the last podcast and the one before that that repetitive like loop of loot and grinding that you fell into that just kind of ground the player base down to basically dust but, yeah uh, there was no uh no real end game pretty much yeah it's not like uh you know destiny or other mmos style games where there's something to chase although oh, the argument right now is destiny there's nothing to chase and there's nothing to do depending on how hardcore you play i have plenty I mean, of there's to the fractal do. line <laughs> i mean yeah but we already know trials is coming like uh, yeah they didn't they didn't unlock that cutscene with fractal line because you know if bungie was like hey when you hit this goal we're gonna do a cutscene that goal would have been hit like two weeks that would have been done in like yeah like no, no, no yeah, yeah um but some some you know some mmo style games have stuff that's farmable right they have stuff that's like uh okay this is what you're going towards this is what you're working towards uh even in like mm and wow like even if you're you're all geared out and you're mythic and you got all your gear like you have an alt or you can go farm mounts you know there's still stuff you can do uh, Destiny, if you're playing casually like me, you have way too fucking much to do. Oops, I said a swear word. Um, oh no. And, or if you play hardcore and you, you play it like a content creator, yeah, you may not have enough to do, you know? So there's always a fine line where games like that have to walk, but I heard Anthem had, like, literally nothing to do because all the guns look the same. Can you confirm or deny I didn't realize my mic was muted. How professional. But, uh, like, yeah, you have your, like, subclasses for your guns, like your ARs, your hand, your, your handguns, your pistols, like your grenade launchers, like stuff like that. But in their categories, they all looked the same pretty much. And there really wasn't much differentiating between, like, their damage values. Like, they had different elements to them, I guess, in a way. 
right but they weren't they weren't like they were promised right all these colors and all these schemes and decals and all these like you know say what you will destiny has archetypes but all the weapons look different like better devils looks different than spare rations and spare rations looks better looks different than service differentiate like what they are yeah certain you couldn't do that yeah, like Better Devils and I think Service Revolver have the same frame, but they're different guns. They they have different coats of paint on them, which you can mm-hmm. then change with shaders to make them look even different. Um, but yeah, that's a shame. Even uh, even the legendaries didn't look special, right? No, not at all. Like I mean, they might have looked a little different, but it wasn't noticeable. Like you yeah. had to actually look at the gun. That's a shame. That's I feel yeah, like that's like a that's Destiny, a topic for a whole nother episode. Offhand, like legendaries or well exotics, like you can tell. Oh hey, this is. Oh yeah, good. you when you see Orpheus rigs, no matter what the shader on it, you know it's Orpheus rig because it's the only hunter exotic that lets you have a quiver on your hip, mm-hmm. or like uh, Ursa Furioso. They're the only gauntlets that look like bare hands. Um, you know, so stuff like that. So. Okay, so your your main factor is would you would you say it's hype and reviews when deciding on buying a game? Mm, a little bit more of it's, it's seeing it's, if they'll deliver on what they provide. Right, so it's more it's more reviews and like a little hype. Yeah. Cuz you I know you mentioned E3. Hold on. What the Ooh, we gotta fix this. Yeah, I learned to stop getting like overly hyped about go. games when I was like twelve. Okay, yeah. Um so I would have to say that for the longest time it was if I knew the franchise. Um, like I have I think every Assassin's Creed game except Liberation and the Chronicle series. Uh I have all the Bioshocks. I have Fallout 3 to Fallout 76. You know, I have every Kingdom Hearts game. You know, stuff like that. If I knew if I knew the franchise, that's a big selling point for me, especially if I'm a fan of the franchise. And then um reviews would be number 2. Reviews would be my like next imp- most important thing. And that stems back when I was a kid. I don't know if you remember G4. Do you, did you ever? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. remember G4? They used to have a TV show or like a TV channel. I don't know if they still do or not. No, G4 like closed down like a long time ago. I used to watch oh. uh, the show on G4 was called X Play and it was with Adam Sessler and I think Morgan Webb was the other host and there was a third host. I don't remember his name. But X Play was like a gaming show they did reviews previews and like easter eggs and they talk about different things and interviews and it was really cool it's something like it's something you'd kind of piece together from different youtube videos nowadays but it was in like a 30 minute tv block and i used to love watching it when i got into it and they actually helped me from buying a game when i was a kid i wanted uh what was the game i think it was like tony hawk skate it was the one that had like the skateboard controller that you put on the floor. Yeah, I actually got that when I bought the skateboard. Um, I really thought it was cool and I watched the review of it and they were like, yeah, the game does not play well. I didn't buy it. Fun fact, they are also the reason I bought Fallout New Vegas, which if it wasn't for them, I'd probably have never played Fallout. Um, 
they had a podcast online. Uh, I don't even know if you could still find it anymore, but I used to watch that podcast and it was like five of them just sitting in a room and just talking about video games for like 30 minutes. And when I was a kid, that was like unheard of for me. I was like, what? Like you could just sit and do this? Cause at the time, let's plays were really only just starting to become a thing. Uh, I remember I watched all my Let's Plays on a website called GameAnyone.com and people would upload there and upload to YouTube. Um, so I found like the first YouTubers I started watching, one dude, his name was uh, Tay Nevs and uh, Jesse Cox, I found through that website. So that was all really new to me. And I remember watching Adam Sessler talk about Fallout New Vegas and they showed the trailer and I was like, I want this game. And I ended up buying it almost never playing it after the first initial 10 minutes. And that's a topic for another time, but uh, then falling in love with it. And now I have, as you can see behind me, I've got a brotherhood. Oh no, Geralt don't fall. I got a brotherhood of steel pop, a fallout light behind me, this bottom shelf down here. Give you a little peek. You know, I've got, a Vault Boy figurine. I've got a Vault Boy plush. There's a Brotherhood of Steel. Like, I'm a Fallout fan, right? Um, <coughs> but for the longest time, those were the only ways I found out about games. Uh, I used to watch E3. And then after I would watch E3, I would... Uh, trailers and reviews from IGN. And that's how I found out about games. That was the main... Uh, way I found out about games but I think nowadays it's mainly reviews I want to say um, mainly see the problem with nowadays is there's so much information right so we're getting so many trailers we're getting so many interviews and as you grow older you become you know the game industry has kind of blossomed as I've grown up and it's become a bigger thing and there's so much more media attention to it and there's so many more people talking about it and covering it. Like YouTube is just saturated. I mean, the platform Twitch, like when I was young and I'm not that old, but like when I was young, maybe like 10 years ago, realistically, maybe uh, eight years ago. Twitch was still kind of a baby. Like, I remember I found out what Twitch was and I was like, what the hell is this? So I think it's mainly reviews, um, but it's also making my own decisions. Like, if I like what a game looks like, I will buy it. If I don't like what a game looks like, uh, I won't buy it. So now the second part of that question for you, Purge, before we get into everybody else's uh, answers, how much do game reviews and first impressions from YouTubers have on you? Like how big of an impact do they have on your buying? Let's see. <clears throat> on like the console side of things or like games that are across like all three plat or well two platforms so like console and pc mm -hmm. a little bit like i'll kind of look into them and kind of see what the game's about but i'll probably still get it anyways 
Right. But if we're talking like primarily like Steam games, I'll probably spend a good like five, ten minutes kind of skimming through the reviews to see what I'm getting into before I put the money into it. Okay, so reviews have more weight if it's a triple A title. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. I, I would agree. Um but oh I don't know, because it's lately, if it's a game I'm really excited for, I honestly just watch the review to just, like, consume content about it, to just, like, see images and screenshots and, like, I don't want, like, I knew I wanted The Outer Worlds before I bought, before I saw a review. And I only read my first review or watched my first review after I already bought it. The same thing with Fallout 76. So I tend to watch reviews honestly either after I already buy the game because I just want I'm in the mood to see stuff about the game or um if it's a game that's been out for like forever and I and I'm interested in the title or the box art. Like there was a game for PS3 and I think Xbox 360, I don't know, called Fracture where it was kind of like a sci-fi third-person shooter and you had four different grenades that changed the terrain of the ground like one grenade raised the ground one grenade caved it in one grenade yep, made a sinkhole exactly hole. what you're talking about and i got i got real interested in that game and i just watched reviews on it just because like i kind of already want to pick it up and i didn't really care what the reviewer had to say about it so I don't know if reviews hold total power. Um, I definitely take them into consideration, but I don't think they like, I think I already make up my mind before I watch a review. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. the, the problem is there's like, like Reddit exists now. Right. And YouTube. So there's all Wait, these other people talking about the game and there's all these other people, um, you know, talking about the good and the bads of a game <coughs> that you just kind of get swamped with everybody's opinions. So I think it's kind of hard not to be influenced by them. But I still bought Fallout 76 day one. And uh, I'll be making a video about that, like I said. And I still play it. So let's get into some of these responses so for everyone's responses i'm just going to use their usernames um let me see so my friend actually i don't know his username off instagram off the top of my head i think his name is like spider lee or something like that um he said if i'm super honest it's my loyalty to the ip but also see what people say about the game when it comes out People thought Anthem looked like hot shit, but quickly it turned out to be dog shit. The new DBZ game Kakarot sounded kind of fun, and after getting enough impressions, I decided I'd skip out on the game because the gameplay wasn't all that, and I could just watch the cutscenes online. So I think, I think that's a fair assumption. He also goes on to say, Reviews are sort of paramount now. I actually tried to avoid reviews for movies I'm intent on seeing to try and avoid getting expectations, but it's also, like, impossible now. I already know some review scores for the Sonic. This was before Sonic had come out, and he didn't even try to look at it. So 
that that's definitely goes back to what I was saying. There's just like so many people out there talking about things. Yeah, that I can agree with so that movie hard. point. Like it's kind of, it's almost like impossible to try to not see like the critic review like the critic reviews and such that people put out for movies because it's it's everywhere. <laughs> like you can't kind of get away with it unless you like basically go off the grid. Mm-hmm. Um, he then that's a, you see a lot of people do that too when a game's coming out they're like all right i'm going on blackout i'm like they won't go on social media until they play the game yeah like i'll see that on twitter like they'll mute certain accounts they'll mute certain phrases certain they'll like, mute tags words, every phrases yeah all of it and and then they'll just go like blackout until it's out i didn't even do that for kingdom hearts 3 and i think i made it the only thing I had semi-spoiled for me was this thing that happens to Kyrie at the end. But even then, I still was like, this is way too hype to me even care. Uh, he goes on to say, I'll add one other thing. Uh, and that's hype is a good way to get me interested in the game if my friends slash Twitter are all talking about it. So that's what I wanted to ask you. How much influence do your friends have over your buying decisions? Mm, maybe like five percent because like most of my friends normally just do like fps type stuff uh -huh. and i kind of like skate across the board and kind of just do whatever so uh -huh. I'll, like i'll get something more of like if i'll enjoy it instead of kind of i guess following the bandwagon if that makes sense yeah no that makes sense my friends i don't know they have a little sway i think i got my friends into borderlands and then my friends got me into Destiny and WoW. Um, my friends also got me into Assassin's Creed, but that's because I played it at his house. And I think my friends also got me into Modern Warfare 2. So my friends have had some kind of sway over me, but a lot more when I was younger uh, than as opposed to when I was older. <clears throat> so... Uh, my other friend, uh, you know him on stream as Poppin' Lock on Instagram. He's the NJ Ranger. He says, I'm really bad. You can use this word for word. Typically, when buying a video game, there are a few factors. Sometimes I'll put off buying a game for months, like Fire Emblem, and then once I get it, I'll never stop playing until it's beat. A lot of times I debate with myself. I have the If I have the time or the willpower to sit down and beat a new game I just bought, Otherwise, I literally consider it a waste of money. If I think a game equals to what I consider $60 worth of free time, then it's a go. I don't really look at reviews unless it's a huge AAA title like Borderlands. I was looking up reviews because I heard it was meh. Um, so yeah, so... That's another fact. Do you factor in, like, how do you factor the price, the worth of buying now that games are, like, $60? Um, typically, like, if it's part of, like, a series, like, I'll get it just for, like, the story point. But if it's, like, a standalone, I'll probably wait a little bit to see if it goes on sale because I have this shit luck where, uh, I'll buy something and then like four weeks later it's on sale. That's horrible. Yeah. Speaking of sales, tell me how I saw the collector's edition 
uh, or not collector's edition, but like the deluxe edition of the Hitman, the most recent Hitman games at mm -hmm. GameStop for like $18. And I almost bought it because my fiance was like, oh, I heard about Hitman. That sounds kind of cool. And I told her I would have dropped $18 on the steelbook right then and there. Because I think it was new. That's cheap. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing. That is something I'm making a stand of this year. My backlog is too big. And with Sony constantly giving us free games, which I think this month is Sims 4 and the Bioshock collection. Which if you haven't played Bioshock or you don't have the Bioshock collection yet and you have PlayStation you Plus, you know, what are you doing with your life? Go download it and play it at 2 in the morning with all the lights off and by yourself. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Maybe. That's how I played Bioshock 1. I think that's the only way you can play it. Oh, what was that? <laughs> um, but no, I, I you know I talked a big game last year about, oh, I'm not buying a game. And I got a shit ton of games for Christmas and I subscribed to WoW. But I'm actually like making it so like I'm not buying a game for the rest of until I clear my backlog. And that's pretty big. It's Horizon, Far Cry 4, Days Gone, Persona 5, um, God of War, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, The Outer Worlds. I think that's all the physical. So seven physical games, plus like Mafia 3, Darksiders 2, um, <coughs> Those are the digital ones, those two. So you're looking at like nine games, all of most of which are big open worlds. Uh, but I'm putting my foot down and I'm not buying a game until I beat those because it's honestly like they're just collecting, they're collecting dust. I mean, my case is downstairs, but like, oh, Borderlands 3, like the games are just collecting dust. Like, you know, plus I'm playing Destiny, which never ends and World of Warcraft, which never ends. So... Uh, time sync is a big factor for the past couple of years. I just been like, buying the new hotness, but now that I work majority of my day and I work out, um, and I'm making content, I'm finding it less and less free time, at least currently. So now that's a big factor is, do I have the time to play this game? If I don't have the time to play this game, I'm not going to buy it. Like, I don't want to just keep shelling out money for games that take me forever to play. And I actually heard it on a YouTube video today. It's like, that's one of the problems uh, we as gamers have because the industry is so successful, because we have such an influx of games, we do not have the same influx of time as we grow up in our day-to-day -day lives. There's too much to play and not enough time to do it. Uh, so that's a big one for me. We got a lot to get through, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start rapid firing. Uh, so... My next friend, Lord uh, Lord Krem, he said, I'm a super casual gamer, so for a familiar series, I have to be genuinely invested in the main character or the universe. For non-RPGs, it has to seem like the multiplayer fun value is going to last for me and the people around me. And for a new game series, the rollout has to hit a mainstream platform or have a unique enough gameplay style that it's the main focus of what people talk about. I think that's real interesting, especially that last part. So he's he he looks at it from like it's got to be unique or he's not fucking touching it. 
how do you how do you feel about that? I think that was kind of a thing with No Man's Sky. Like that was the big hype around that one. Yeah, it was. And I feel like they <clears throat> they could have done the launch better for that. I feel like they kind of rushed it out a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I mean they they came back and fixed it. So Yeah, I heard it's in a great state right now. So these next ones, uh, we're going to rapid fire through these. So Candice from the Discord says, do I like the series? Will it bring joy to buy it? If I answer yes from one of the two, I go for it. I have a very simple answer. I like that. That's a very simplistic way on getting, <laughs> getting to the point. Uh, if I had the time to play games like I used to, that would probably be the only thing I equate. Um... So TIE Fighter from Mixer says that he usually looks at developers, right? Uh, he usually looks at the developer before he looks at the game. If the game comes from a studio that he knows and trusts, he'll probably buy first day whether either way to support them. I, I kind of agree with that. I think that goes back to franchises. Like I bought Fallout 76 day one, Borderlands 3 day one, Destiny 2 day one. Um... So I think brand plays a big part of it now. Now, especially when we have all these interviews and we can kind of keep tabs on developers. And then, uh, do I want your answer? Sure, type it in chat and we'll get to it. Uh, Jason Itty writes, the developer, the Metacritic score, the individual reviews, price, and gameplay vids and streams, and sometimes it's just timing. Quote, I need something new to play end quote, which might lower the standards a bit, but generally he doesn't do pre-orders unless there's some reviews out. Usually most major releases get a solid meta score the day before, so that point it's fine to pre-order and still get the bonus stuff. <coughs> How do you feel about pre-orders without going too in-depth, because I feel like we can talk about that on another episode. Do you typically pre-order? Depends on what's being offered. Because, uh, what game was it? It just happened recently, too. Um, for the people who pre-ordered it, they got, I think it was a skin. For Fallen Order? Yeah, okay, yeah. So, you got a skin for the Mantis, a lightsaber crystal, and uh -huh. a poncho skin, and I think a skin for BD-8. And then... What was is like what four months later they, <laughs> they release all of that pre-order content for everybody through a patch yeah i remember so, i remember you like, telling me about that pre-order cool but if it doesn't what's the point yeah so screw that um <clears throat> i typically it depends on the game i know people say you should never pre-order you're just giving them five extra dollars and you know you're supporting bad behavior for developers. I think it depends on the developer. I think it depends on the game. I pre-ordered the collector's edition. If it's a collector's edition, I'm going to pre-order it because they're limited in mounts. So like Destiny 2 collector's edition, pre-ordered. Um, <clears throat> you know, the World of Warcraft expansion, I pre-ordered. Well, it was, it was not collector's edition, but I pre-ordered it because I trusted Blizzard to make a good expansion this time. Um, wow, that's really bad to say. We got to talk about developers one day. Uh, even though we kind of did. But I think it depends. I used to pre-order a lot. If I liked the game, it was getting a pre-order. Like, it didn't matter. 
Uh, I got a lot of cool stuff from pre-ordering. I got some posters and stuff, some chains and lanyards. I think it's a person-to-person basis. I can see the arguments for not pre-ordering. I personally do, depending on the game franchise. So the last, uh, we have two more, and then we can wrap it up. Uh, Multi-Man Mike says, one, normally I only buy games that I've been waiting for. If it's something that I've been waiting for a while, I'll usually buy it. Two, I don't care too much about graphics, but the game has to have a really good story, likable characters, and good gameplay. I'm not trying to be bored. And three, I'll take some reviews into consideration, but reviewers like IGN suck anyway, so I'll take it with a grain of salt. Um, first two points I can, uh, <coughs> I can agree with, um, the game doesn't have to look beautiful, but like, I didn't buy this, but my friend gave me uh, shadow of Mordor for the PS3. For some reason on the PS3, it looked horrible. So I sold it to GameStop so I can buy it on PS4 down the road. How do you feel? Cause you said you usually go to IGN for reviews and I do too. But how do you feel with some people not liking the way IGN handles their reviews? I mean, everybody's got like their own source to where they go for things. So, I mean, it's not really in my place to like judge them for where they go for where they go to get like their news and stuff. I mean, uh-huh. that's kind of like being hypocritical and kind of a dick. Yeah, I mean, you could dislike a news outlet. Like, I think that's fine. Like, I like Angry Joe. A lot of people don't like Angry Joe because he's super hypercritical. But I think having that hypercriticalness is good in this industry because it keeps developers accountable. And when the developers in the game are worthy of praise, he gives them praise. And he gives it to them a lot. Not like he's not just doling out. But, like, when he praises something in a game, he praises it. But he makes sure if there's something wrong with the game, that he highlights it. And that he really drives the point home that, like... This is a bad business practice. This is predatory when it comes to like loot boxes and stuff. Um, stuff like that. So I personally like Angry Joe. He's the one review show that I kind of watch on average because his reviews are really funny. And I think that uh, like I value his opinion. IGN I watch. Um, but like I said, reviews don't have as much sway over me actually buying a game. So unique has the last response and he said <coughs> excuse me has to be a game which brings attention to me or a game title i've played before like borderlands 2 i played then i got borderlands 3 and i do look at reviews and interviews and trailers but i don't know anymore fallout 76 really tricked us okay so i think it's not just fallout 76 i think lately the past couple of years developers have they've either been honest with us and things not working out in their favor or they haven't been honest with us and hence us getting really frustrated about that what do you think yeah i feel like in the past like decade we've gotten to a point where they've started to be more honest with us i mean pretty sure they're not a hundred percent honest with us yet but they're kind of going in the like the right direction like oh we fucked up but uh we're gonna fix it so like give us some time to do that and i feel like that's gonna be better 
for them and the community in the long run instead of kind of just keeping the news and stuff in the shadows and being secretive and yeah. not like filling people in on what's like going wrong and stuff like that <laughs> my whole thing is yes that's good but i'd rather them be honest with us up front and first so don't sit here and tell us this is what the game's gonna be and then deliver a game have it not be that way and then just go oh but we'll make it that way don't worry like that to me that's where i join i think a minority of gamers right now in the in the space where uh, that's not no like you're gonna tell me what the game's gonna be and that will determine my input as a buyer or if i know i can't trust you as a developer i'm gonna stop buying like ea that was the one time a review swayed me star wars battlefront 2 came out and when i heard about the microtransactions i did not buy it even when it was like 15 bucks because i couldn't support that and i know the game's in a much better place now but one they weren't upfront about it and two they you know they they implemented a practice that i don't agree with so if any game developers or aspiring game developers somewhere down the road find this podcast and this episode be honest with us if you need to when we talked about delays this isn't about delays but like if your game doesn't have something don't tell us it's going to have it and then try and scramble to add it after the game launches with a patch because that's not that's not good and that's just going to drive customers away yeah it's like going to a restaurant or like a pizza place and ordering a pizza and then they bring it to you and then they're like oh i asked for mushrooms on this and then they go get the mushrooms and they put it on the mushroom they put the mushrooms on after the fact yeah it's like you look at a thing it's like it's like a box of cinnamon toast crunch right you buy it because it says it's cinnamon toast crunch you know what it is you open the box and it's cocoa puffs and you're like what and then general mills or whatever is like oh no no no, no wait, wait wait it's here's the cinnamon toast crunch it's like no 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 no, no. you told me this box contained something deliver on that or just don't lie to me because if you're honest with me i'm probably more inclined to still buy the product anyway if i think it's going to be good whereas if you lie to me and i find out before i buy the product i'm not buying the product and i'm going to publicly make a statement so <clears throat> that's that uh i think that about does it for tonight do you happen to have uh any other remarks or any other comments on the matter none that i could fit in within like two minutes okay that's fair um so then that's gonna do it tonight for this episode uh, Purge, let everyone know where they can find you on the internet. Um, Mixer, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Hell's Purge. Um, the little avatar dude should be in a hoodie with jeans, boots, and covered in blood with playing cards. Yeah, that's not creepy. <laughs> um, 
And ladies and gentlemen, I'll be sure to put a link for that in the podcast description for this episode. Uh, my link is in the description as well. If you want to join this podcast, we film live every Thursday at around 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on twitch.tv slash phantomkingx. And that's going to do it. If you did enjoy today's episode, please, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. It really does help us out. And make sure to share it with your gamer friends, your lifter friends, or your your feet, your foodies. Uh, I know we haven't really been talking about a lot of lifting and food lately, but if you guys get this podcast out and more people get in, we can have more opinions and we can have more discussions like this. With all that being said, that's going to do it for tonight. I've been Phantom. I've been Purge. Whoa. Oh, that, that was weird. a loud one. Yikes. I'll try and snip that mm. out. And until next time, don't forget to lift, feast, and game. We'll see you soon. <laughs>